Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your weekly source of gaming news, questions, and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer, and joining me is Jeremy Abratitich. Hello. I've decided I I... the moment that we started recording that I'm just going to quickly go in and delete some files. <laughs> just, <laughs> your, your computer's just, filling just up. Sure. Like it's it's not like it's got like it's got ten gigs. Um, and that's that's it's higher than I like to have on my laptop. Because uh-huh. I don't know if it's just like another hard drive I can dump things on like I do on my desktop. <laughs> um, like the other day when I wiped my two terabyte hard drive. Oh, you was, finally did it. I, I was sending I was sending pictures, Jumbo. Like I was, the I Steam do. library folder was like 1.6 terabytes or something worth of games yep. that I'd, I had like kept, I'd hoarded from 2011, I think <laughs> the first <laughs> one, which was Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah. Um, which and ran really badly on PC, right? Because of the DRM. I don't know. I don't know Mac. Um, <laughs> that, that that wasn't. Thank that God file. you've got those files. No, that that, that wasn't <laughs> that file. Um, I remember it running fine, but I had a shitty computer at that point, so every game ran like dog shit. Um, right. uh, and I wiped it, and now I'm looking at my Mac, going like, oh, like I've got like, like I will be fine for this recording if I don't delete files now. But I'm just gonna quickly sneak in and delete some. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Jeremy. I, I couldn't believe it when you were sending those screenshots to the Discord of like your computer slowly processing how how much you were asking it to do. It took ages <laughs> for the folder to count how big it was to delete yep. it. And then it was just like, uh, we can't put this in the recycling bin. Oh yeah, but that's a, that's a, that's a frequent occurrence for me. Yeah, for like media. Yeah. Um. I'm well, I'm well. It's been such a hot week, Jeremy. It's been one of those weeks it's where it's fucked. like, you get on the bed and you don't put anything on top of you. Like, you just lay on top of the bed. Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, yep. I had a terrible night's sleep last night. I woke up and I felt like I was hotter at like five o'clock than I was when I went to bed. Yeah, I woke right? up. I woke up like upset. I went back to yeah. sleep, which is good, because otherwise I wouldn't be uh, conscious and able to carry a conversation here. But uh, yeah, the past fucking ten days have just been humid, yeah. and gross and sticky. And but if you not, just if can't not humid, escape it. then just dry and hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's either been too hot or too hot. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, it's been a lot, uh, but. During this week, we have been playing a lot. We've been playing a bunch of games. Uh, we're going to talk about them here on the Minimap Cast. That's what we do here on Minimap. If you want to know all about what we do here on Minimap, at Minimap, you can go to minimap.com.au. Uh, you can find this podcast, all of our other podcasts there, um, as well as the occasional article that we've written over the years. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to uh, whatever podcast service you like to use and give it a rating or a follow or a subscribe or whatever it is that they do on that particular service. Um, you could also rate the show positively, uh, perhaps with uh, on Apple Podcasts. There's a rating there. Spotify also have a, has a star rating. If you've got the time and the inclination, we'd really appreciate it. You can also support the show monetarily on patreon.com slash minimapau if you want to do that. Um, we also want to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the model, Moog Model D Improv uh, song as the music for the Minimap cast. That's from their YouTube channel. Uh, you can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. 
I was looking at a different document. So that was about 90% off the top of the head just then. And I was like, oh no, I'm messing it up. I need, I need, I need training <laughs> wheels. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, the year is 2022. Is this another one of these? You're going to talk about Halo 5 again? <laughs> oh, you're your phone out with a YouTube? What is, <laughs> what are you doing? The year is 2022. Yes. It's time to revisit a storage franchise, to talk about something that's been reinvigorated franchise. for the modern generation. <laughs> Uncharted, the Legacy of Thieves collection came out this week for PS5. <laughs> This isn't like an old Re- thing. This isn't like you going reinvigorated back to hate- for the modern generation. <laughs> now tell me, Carrie, which Uncharted theme did you play then? Uncharted. Did you 2. play the right? So once again, not the one from the one you're talking about. No, because the Uncharted Four theme is like so much less iconic than the original three. It's still really good. It is, but it's so it's so. It's so much less bombastic, you know? Like, this one yes. is just, it's the driving drums, and then it's immediately in with the French horn, which, by the way, if you're not a fan of the French horn, like, something's wrong with you. French horn is a fan-fucking-tastic instrument. Just need to let you all know that. So, did, did someone say something to you recently? No, this is this is just the crusade I've been on for many years. Um, the French horn defender is logged on. <laughs> or, uh, wait, no, that's... Yeah. Yes, I have. Um... <laughs> Compared to the, it, it's Henry Jackman's version for Uncharted Four is so much slower and drawn out, and really low in timbre. It's really eerie. It's really like, like well, it's more the grounded, sun is right? setting on on an era. Like that's yeah. what that's what it is. Like it's drawn out so. because the series is drawn out. That's what it feels like. The the thing is, whereas this is just like here's an Uncharted adventure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, that also tracks with what's in those games. You know, there's no supernatural ele- element in the other two that he composed. They're more mm. grounded. You mm. know, one, two, and three are a lot more like, you know, Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so yes, that was this. Where I, I just want to talk about Uncharted briefly because this is just a, a remaster of the PS4 games, um, Uncharted Four and Lost Legacy. Um, but I did leave that off our document so I could surprise you with that bit. <laughs> um, and like, it's not like I didn't know you were playing it. Yeah, you no, I know. About it the other day. You offered it if you, I wanted but to play it. But you didn't it. know what I was doing. You didn't know what I was doing for I a minute sure, I sure didn't. I sure didn't. <laughs> um, so Legacy of Thieves Collection came out uh, Friday. Um, yep. It's a $15 upgrade for anyone who already owns Uncharted 4 or Lost Legacy on PS4, or it's 75 bucks. Uh, flat out, which is a lot of money. I, it's it's not it's that's only a good deal if you've never played those games before. I think. Yeah, and I think it's I, I think it's actually only a good deal if you're if you don't have a PlayStation and you're getting it on PC. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a fair point because there's going to be yeah. more options on there as well. Yeah. Um, but what it does, it's, I I don't care. <laughs> the thing is for me like I think the $15 upgrade is an okay price point for how much I'm going to engage with it and how much I enjoy that and we've been sure. over this in the past I think yeah. um, 
And so I'm happy with having spent the $15 and I've probably put four hours in, five hours into the start of Uncharted 4. So uh, still in the lengthy prologue, as people call it. Yeah. Um, Have you reached the like the title screen yet? Yeah, I've reached the title screen. I'm in the middle of the heist in Italy. Um, I haven't gotten to the gun fighting yet in Italy, basically. I haven't right, gotten yeah. to the, the stealth tutorial. Um, but it's been so enjoyable. Uh, the one of, so some of the big draw cards with this one is it's different performance modes. So you've got uh, quality, which is 4K locked 30 frames per second. Um, Digital Foundry says it's like fully locked, like maybe not even a single dip, which is really cool. And it's full 4K too. It's not like 4K checkerboard like PS4 mm. um, or like God of War with the PS5 patch is still 4K checkerboard. It's full 4K, which is great. Um, and you can tell as well. Uh, then there's performance mode, which is 1440p, locked 60 frames per second. And then there's performance plus, which is locked 1080p uh, at 120 frames per second target. And that one dips a little bit, but is like 98% um, stable, which is impressive for a 120 frames per second game on PS5 at the moment. There aren't that many of them. Um, even the ones on Xbox, they don't stay at 120 a lot of the time. Um so it's great. It's great to have those options. And it's great. Something you mentioned when we were we were talking about this when the game came out on Friday was like these games are still so modern and they looked so good when they came out when the when Uncharted 4 came out six years ago. <laughs> six years ago. You know, I say that and I'm like, you know, it's six years, sure. That's a remaster worthy amount of time. Um But it doesn't feel like that long. No. Because we've been adults for longer. Exactly. All of that. Exactly. Which is really, really, really fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but the point being, right, the, the games originally were stunning. Absolutely fantastic. I'd say best in class. And, like, in some ways, unparalleled by what other developers could bring out on the PS4 standard, because there was no PS4 Pro mode to begin with, for ages. Like, they got there. I'd say God of War, like it took two years for God of War to come out and that sort of was in the ballpark. So are we talking about like... like Visual like quality. Del- yeah, sure, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, yeah, it's Uncharted, God of War, Horizon in a different way. I would say Horizon only after like the PS5 patch. I felt like Horizon was beautiful, but like Horizon's got the problem where because it's such a big RPG, like you don't get that bespoke facial animation... Um, it's all going to be generated because there's thousands and thousands of lines of dialogue. So, you know, there's there's a lot of little hitches in Horizon that sort of knocked it down a peg for me. Sure. Yeah. I I, th- I think in terms of like, I think the the world fidelity. Yeah. I think sure. Is, is 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 on par. And I would I would be maybe including like honestly, actually, just just outside of. Like to exclude the facial animations in this game, I would probably include Shadow of the Colossus. Okay, yeah, that's fair I mean, enough. That is a pretty I, beautiful game. Yeah, I think because the, the the faces in that game are ugly. Yep. Yeah. Like, sorry, the one of the one of the two faces in that one game because the there's, <laughs> there's only like two people. Yeah. So it's just, it's it's a treat to come back to this game. It's mm. nice to have an excuse to do so. So I played it on Friday and I played basically up until that 
the start of the Italian heist than I played a bit last night. And coming back to it last night after being away from it and spending a lot of time on the Switch over the weekend, coming back to, to, the, to the performance mode last night on my nice 4K monitor after not thinking about it, it's like, oh, I'll play some more Uncharted and coming back. And the, the high quality like chapter, you know, when they do the like ink, inked chapter writing titles across the top of the screen when you reach a new chapter and, yeah. and just seeing all the leaves and the cars pull into the car park by the fountain and the villa on the hill through the sunset, through the trees. Like, soon as I logged on, I was like, whoa. Like, because cause I, was, I was sort of playing on Friday. I'm like, yeah, this is beautiful. This is kind of what I expected. It's great to be back. And then I didn't come back for a few days. And so I sort of had that tempered expectation when I was turning on the PlayStation again last night. I was like, yeah, it's going to be more Uncharted. That'll be good. And I turned it on. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it's real good. It's real, yeah. real good. I'm very, I'm very happy to have an excuse to play it all again. Um, especially because I've got this 4K monitor now. Um, so getting to play a Naughty Dog you game. You can see the pics. Yeah. The pixels. Yeah, and I could see that difference between 1080p and 1440p and 4K which I haven't really been able to appreciate before. Um, Especially not 1440p, because the PS5 does, does that output that yet? <laughs> not, like, natively. I, I think it's outputting 1440p in-game in on top of the PS4's base 4K resolution. You know what I mean? So I think the game's outputting at a lower resolution than the, no, sorry, the I console mean, in- is outputting. I don't know if the console supports 1440p. Remember, because it didn't launch. Remember no, that? I know it. I know it doesn't. So I think the console, right. the literal image, is a 4K image that it's outputting. Right. It's literally 4K pixels, but the game is only rendering 1440p worth of resolution. Right. Okay. Inside of that 4K like canvas, you know what I mean? That's, that's so strange. It is strange. I wish they just put 1440p in there. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm not. I'm not like an engineer by any means, but I don't like. I feel like if you can get to 4K, like I don't know how hard 1440p must be. I'm no engineer. So the oh, I could go into it. 1080p get Mark Cerny on the horn. <laughs> 1080p is four times less than 4K, but the, with the way Aerial works, 1080p is the one that scales perfectly at like a like a two to one ratio with 4K because you can fit four 1080p screens perfectly into a 4K image. 1440p sits in the middle, so if you put yeah. a 1440p image on top of a 4K display, like the pixels sort of sit in the weird line where there's gaps in the pixels and stuff like that, and it's it's weird. There's a mismatch there because they don't scale properly in the same way that 1080p can scale to 4K and be a complete, like, two-to-one ratio kind of comparison. Um, so, like, that could be it. But regardless, it still seems lazy. Right. Um, so, from what I've experienced, I went between the different modes a lot. Um, so, it's the 1080p, really high frame rate mode, which I was really excited to try. Um and you do notice it. I think I notice it especially in cutscenes. When I'm mm. when I'm just sitting there and I'm just watching, I think it's really great. So like what I was, you know, swapping a lot in the opening scene when they're in the the, the orphanage. Um and watching Nate and Sam talk to each other and you know, Sam gives Nate his jacket and like picks him up and like roughhouses him a little bit and watching the difference between all of those scenes, um, was really nice in 120 frames a second. 
and I noticed it far less when I was actually moving around, which I didn't. I thought would, I thought would have been the opposite. I thought I would have noticed it most in like the action and stuff like that. Um, I haven't gotten enough to a shooting point to where I could try that with actual shooting, so I'm going to give that a go soon when I get there. But what I ended up doing the most was just putting it on performance mode, not performance plus. And that's because I, I started noticing there's a lot of really fine detail in this game, and especially in this version of this game, where they allow more things to render out further from the camera, including really small details, like chains off a fence, like 50 meters away from Drake. Those little details, those little lines, or like branches and stuff like that, in 1080p, actually start to look really aliased and pixelized. And so when you're watching them, you could sort of see it like shimmering through the like pixel density. Right, okay. And I found that to be more distracting than lowering the frame rate and going down to 60 instead of right. being on 120. And so I left it on the 1440p 60 frames because the frame rate difference wasn't that great and the resolution difference was enough. Sure. And the other thing was going to 4K was fantastic, but the 30 frames a second after being at 60. Or at or 120. <laughs> man, I, 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 I couldn't. I couldn't yeah, do it. I, I know. <laughs> it, it was, I've, been, I've been there. <laughs> and it's funny because I don't feel this way for other games. Like I can swap between quality and performance mode whenever I want in Spider-Man. But that, that, Uncharted, that, that I was like, I just couldn't my fathom brain. it. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. I know. Well, I, I, and I know that feeling because I feel that way about Uncharted. Whereas I, I, I wouldn't even give it the time of day. I was watching it and I was just like, oh, nah, <laughs> next. <laughs> I can't figure that out at all. Like, as in, I, I, I don't know how you, how, how I can do can one but do not the on, other. Yeah, how you can do it, especially on Spider-Man. But you can't do it on Uncharted, which is arguably more like slower. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's so funny. It, it, the 30 frames, it feels slower in 4K on PS5 after seeing it in 60 frames per second than I remember it feeling playing it on the original PS4, which was definitely only ever 30 frames per second. Right. You know what I mean? But having seen the 60 frames per second and going back, it's like, oh, this is Ocarina of Time. This is like 18 frames per second. Mm. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's like, it's good to be back and I'm going to keep playing through it and I'm really glad to be. The trophy transfer is okay, but with the way I saved my game over the years, because there was always that thing where it's like, oh, you want to start a new game, you can make a new save. And so I would always do that. You could do that thing where it's like, oh, do you want to carry over your, your treasures and your notes so you can get them again or not in your new playthrough? And so doing that meant that I had to upload each of my saves because each save had different trophies assigned to it because oh, I wasn't weird. just saving over the one save over and over. Yeah, right. And that's meant that I actually don't have every trophy unlocked retroactively. That's really strange. It should it's just really like, strange. It should just look at your trophy list and go... And then it really, pick it up and put, put it over. It really, really should. Um, that said, I kind of don't mind that I've got an excuse to go for the Platinum again. For just like the last five or ten that I had to get the last time I went for the Platinum. So yeah, not, all right. the, not, not all the ones of like get, get 30 headshots and get 20 stealth kills in a row. It's just the, the really like niche ones of like in these two chapters, try not to kill anyone. And right. um, 
I think I have to do the speedrun one, but that I don't mind. That's like a fun afternoon because that's just skipping cutscenes and going, 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 going. God, the trophy system needs like a... Like, I know, like, you know, and from everything I've heard from everybody, it's like the relic of the PS3 trophy system continues to haunt the, haunt the PlayStation Network. Yeah, exactly. Which and they, it, they like, like bang together in like a day, <laughs> it seems yeah. like. They, that like they need to like they need a way to cut loose and just go like all right ps5 trophies like you know like they don't sink anymore like they used to but they need a way to be like you know a lot more like every other system that has an achievement system yep absolutely <laughs> it's time it's time yeah it does need a modernization um that said, the save transfer was seamless. So if you're like halfway through a thing and you want to pick it up on the PS5, it's totally flawless. And the loading is its phenomenal. No more watching the coin. You never get to see the coin spin ever. You just, you're in within like less than three seconds every yeah. time. It feels like it's amazing. Uh, so yeah, I, I only have, to bring that up. I only have one question for you. How was the resolution and frame rate increase when you were playing Crash Bandicoot on the TV in the beginning of Uncharted 4? The frame rate increase is actually really nice. I noticed <laughs> it. I noticed it. I'm like, oh, Crash in 60. This is nice. <laughs> the resolution is meaningless, but um, yeah. I, I did actually notice the frame increase. It's, it's, it's actually, it doesn't change anything really. It doesn't change that gameplay, but it's That's nice. Funny. It's nice. <laughs> It's weird that Microsoft owned that now. Oh, fuck, they do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so strange. And it's always going to be an Uncharted 4 as there. Oh, it's so strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if, like, I don't think it would ever get to this because Xbox don't want to seem that petty to the public, but could you imagine if, like, Xbox they, put out, like... To patch it out. Like a takedown or something like that? Like, you no longer own the license to this, take it out. Yeah. Or pay us... $50,000 for every game that you sell or something. What would be funny if they started to go a little bit harder on like music DMCA takedowns and so then anyone that was streaming that part suddenly got a takedown from Microsoft? Ugh. Yeah, like like the way that um, Atlas and Sega go about DMCA for uh, Persona yeah. streaming. And, and Nintendo for literally any Nintendo song ever. Yeah. Did you know that when, when NL is streaming is Mario 64 speedruns, he can stream the whole game, that's fine. But when he gets to the final scene, like, you kill Bowser and fly away and then you land in front of the castle and then the credits play. All of that can be DMCA'd by Nintendo. <laughs> Just oh, the credits. God, they're fucking money-grubby bastards. <laughs> so shitty, right? Uh, well, speaking of Nintendo... Jeremy, the year is 2022... No. <laughs> Pokemon Legends Arceus came out on Friday. Arceus. Yeah, that's what I said. And, um... (laughs) I don't remember which is right. All I know is that whatever one they think is right, I think is wrong. Yeah. But now I've forgotten which one I think is right because I've heard them both so much in the past, like, four months that they've both put themselves in my brain. Yeah, I I have this... I had this argument that I used to make that Sam and I used to have a lot when we were much younger, which is about the number of hips you have in your body, whether you have two hips or whether you have one hip. Yeah. I think, and it's the same thing, whereas like we've been doing this for so long, I've just forgotten. I, I, remember, I remember being a witness to this not long ago. Yeah, exactly. 
and I, you, I think you and them were trying to figure it out. It was so funny. I think my argument was that you've got two hips. No, 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 no. You've no. got one hip. That's my argument. Is you got one hip? Yeah, which is wrong. Yeah, and what what we've realized is that what I'm thinking a hip is is actually what a pelvis is. You've got one pelvis. Yes. Which has two hip joints. Yes. That's what the real answer is. But for years, I was just like, no, you've got two hips. Yeah. Anyway, Pokemon, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been a really interesting four days since it came out. Mm. Um, for a number of reasons. One, because uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to get it until like reviews came out a few days prior. Um. I wasn't sure I was going to get it until the, until the money came out of my bank account because I realized yeah, I you pre-ordered it months ago because <laughs> I ordered it months ago on Amazon and then not take the money out until it ships. Yep. And so I have a bunch of games on pre-order that I completely forgot about because I'm like, look, I'll probably get them. Okay, yep. getting dying, dying light too. Apparently, <laughs> no, you're not really. <laughs> apparently, oh, you sucker. That's fine. Their 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 refund policy is extraordinarily lenient. If I do want to take them back, you should go through that do you want to play dying light i looked at when it comes out and i think i've got i've got got time in between okay in in between meals (laughs) um so it's a weird one because everyone they didn't show much of it and what they did wasn't that impressive like the original trailer was this time last year and i would say honestly it was far too early like, it's, a, it's a genuinely really bad trailer. Yeah, because like they're clearly at the point where they're just trying to get the thing to run. Yeah, because all of the they're doing that thing that does happen in game, but at a much further distance now. Where once they're at a certain distance, the frame rate of the animation of each Pokemon reduces drastically, down to like five frames per second. And so you see each Pokemon sort of becomes like a slideshow. Yeah, when they're at a distance and you can't see them as well. And then when you get closer, that they they update the frames and they they animate fully. But in this, it was like if they were like three meters away in that trailer. So that was a not a great showing. And it had people being a bit nervous about the game. Like from the start. And yeah, then, like it was, it was not a good reveal. Yeah. And then they showed it like a month ago more recently. And I had issues with the visual quality of the video. Like I wanted, maybe they were re- recording footage from like streaming it across the office because they couldn't get like a dev copy into the person recording footage or something. Like it looked like there were bitrate issues. So that trailer looked like crap as well. Um, but reviews are largely positive in the mm. seven to eights. I haven't really seen anything higher than that. But no. everyone's like, this is a great new direction. Uh, it's got some issues. It's really straining against the limitations of the Switch, but I really enjoyed my time with it. I don't think it's doing that at all. No, but that's what, you know, that's that I'm, sum- I'm surmising the, the, the discourse. Sure. Um, I think I love this game. Right. I, I, I'm not decided yet. Maybe I don't love it. I just like it. But it's got me in a way where I don't mind spending a lot of time with it. Mm. I don't know how fondly I'm going to think about looking back at it when, I'm, when all is said and done. You know, sure. in the same way I do about Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? Yeah, right. However, I am enjoying... 99% of my time spent with this game. I'm really enjoying it. And, you know, I've got my critiques. Um, it's not it's not a perfect game, but I was working yesterday 
and just sitting here with the music, the battle music in my head, wishing I was playing Pokemon. Right. And that hasn't happened to me since I was like 13, you know? Mm. How about you, Jeremy? Give me, give me your overall. I don't think this game is good. I don't think it's... I, I am I am still collating my thoughts. I'm still trying to figure it out, and and this is a it's an ongoing thing because my a lot of my reservations for the for the game leading up to it was all right. Let's brief timeline, which we just spoke about. But the first trailer came out that was not a very good trailer. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's Breath of the Wild Pokemon game." It's not that, um, and I don't think that they did a terrible job at like. I, I, I think that that trailer is just, it's, it's very liked in a lot of ways. And like, that wasn't like a breakdown trailer. They didn't really give a whole lot of details about what the game was like. Um, everyone assumed it was going to be like a Breath of the Wild game, which it's, which it's not. And it's, it's not, it's not trying to imitate that. No, but to be um, fair, it is clearly inspired by it in terms of how some of the music is scored. The visual style is similar. Sam was saying like the menus look really similar. Like it, it has drawn inspiration from Breath of the Wild, but I wouldn't say it is a one-to-one. Yeah. Um, like, yes, I don't, I, I don't disagree with that either. Um, but it's not a, it's not a big open world game where you can do whatever you want. Right. Yes. Um, and like th- that, that is a, I, th- I think that it is, that is a really key difference. Cause my, my initial reservation was like, I didn't like Breath of the Wild, which means I'm probably not going to like this. And then more trailers came out where we got to see some, like some, gameplay like some guided gameplay and it was like oh like this is actually a lot more like monster hunter um in, which in it like is structure yeah yeah w- w- which it is a lot more like monster hunter but it's not um you know like you're not out there hunting one monster for 25 minutes yeah right it, like it's there's no there's no tracking a monster across a field for ages and then like you and know setting up a ton of traps and, and, and yeah. yeah like it, it it's not that stuff it's more um, like you have your hub world village and then you go out to distinct environments where different yes. Pokemon are. But there's yeah, no time and, limit. And there's no exploration like in Breath of the Wild. It is just you're in the world and you've got a map. Um, and I don't, I, didn't like, I don't like Monster Hunter games either. And so my initial reservation for that was like, oh, shit, I'm like Monster Hunter. I'm not going to like this because of that. And it, it's not quite either of those games. Yep. But I, st- but I still don't like it, and <laughs> and, and and it's and the the reasons I don't are for entirely different reasons, which I think is really fascinating. Um, I think from day one of us seeing this game, I think the game looks like really, really fucking ugly, um, <laughs> and I think the game has released, and the game still looks incredibly fucking ugly. Like, like the art direction in this game has just been a gigantic miss. It's like the 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 people and the Pokemon I think look pretty decent. I think they look fine. Um, they're animated well enough. They're maybe a little bit basic in some ways, but like it's they're not they're, they're not egregious. No, just, and I'd say the Pokemon are, are more fully animated than the Pokemon in uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were. Like they've got more. Oh, definitely. And the animations are better, so like that's great. Sure, yeah. Um, but like, goodness gracious me, the world 
it like this is maybe one of the worst worlds I've ever been in a, in a game. I oh think. my god! I, I I think fundamentally the worlds the world in this game is both ugly to look at and terrible to be in. Um, okay. I disagree, but go on. Yeah, like and, and like I'll get there. So like so like just before we recorded, like I I collated a lot of my thoughts. So I'll I'll, I'll kind of we'll, we'll talk about this game in chunks and our feelings. Um on certain areas, I think it would be the best way to do it. Yeah, no, we should definitely trade back and forth a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think there's there's no, there's no, like, first of all, there's no exploration in, like, in this game. And that's not, like, a thing that they, like, you know, hide from you. It's like a... How do you mean? Like, like uh, when you enter a zone, like, you know what's in the zone. I'm. I'm not like you know. I'm not gonna go like. Oh, I wonder what's over that hill. I disagree, but go on. Oh, I didn't. Well, fucking, I didn't get that at all. Like, I'm. Okay. I'm in this world going like. Oh, okay. Like, there's everything around me, and I'm sort of just like there. I'm not like. I'm. I'm never once curious about. It. And I think because like, the like the entire zones look the same the entire way through. That I'm walking through what kind of feels like a really big zoo. None of it feels really natural. And everything feels really just like, hey, you're in the fucking Bidoof enclosure. And over <laughs> here is like the fucking Badoo enclosure, except there's no walls. It's like Werribee Zoo. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's fucking a little, little oh. bit of Melbourne humor for you. Melbourne um, joke for you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm walking around and there's just like defined areas for Pokemon to sort of like rubber band in. And then there are like, there are bridges in between, you know, like there'll be like a river that'll run through an area and there'll be a bridge in between, which you might have to like hit a requirement to go over. Um, but like the world doesn't feel natural or authored or like, or really directed. If they had said to me that they used... And and this this is like this this will come off a little bit um, like mean and and I don't mean in the mean way I mean it in like a in a fundamental of like development way if they had used Unity's terrain generation tool for the bespoke areas and then sort of put them together like puzzle pieces I would have not been surprised at all. Um, yeah, like because you can tell with the way that like just the way the the. I'm I'm specifically talking about the terrain and the topography, like how the ground is. The ground feels very, like Unity sculpted. Yeah, and but but I think also there's no design really in it. Like th th there's a like someone. Okay, what it feels like is someone drew a 2D map and then threw it into an automatically generated make this higher or lower thing, and then threw it in the game. Um, none of it feels really natural. Um, and it it doesn't. It's not really enjoyable to be in because it also feels really really empty right like there are trees in the I general area but like but like th there, there are trees in the general area that are around you but you look over anywhere that's like more than 25 meters away and you either have ugly bum trees that are around <laughs> with like no lighting and no depth or just nothing right just like empty space empty empty space which is the least um, inspiring thing to go out and look at. 
And I, I think a lot of it is the fault of the direction of the art. I think whatever shaders they've got put on the world and whatever, like, like their texture qualities or it's the rendering tech or it's something, I, I cannot figure it out. So, yeah, in terms but, of the art direction, like, I'm, I'm kind of in, like, opposite land with you on this. I mean, I think we're kind of in opposite land on all of this game. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I find that, like... I don't. I actually don't mind the way the world looks. It's definitely very limited. Like you're seeing the same like billboarded grass textures over and over. You know, they're just kind of like two D textures sticking up out of the ground. Yeah, like um, the water repeats really, really, really quickly. Yeah, and like the ground textures aren't that that impressive. But in terms of in terms of the trees and the way the the sort of the valleys they make and like a certain alpha Pokemon lives in that valley and then like I was I was finding myself discovering. Like a like a new because in the second area it's less flat and there's there's more like big cliffs that you can't like get over and mm. I could see on the map there's stuff up there but I don't know how to get up there yeah. um, and I was finding myself naturally like exploring around and being like oh there's a there's a there's a channel that sort of naturally ramps its way up towards one of these areas I haven't been to yet I I really want to go up there I really want to see what Pokemon are over there and so that sort of direct, I mean I think you're right in that I'm not really recognizing that many locations based on what they look like but i am recognizing them based on what pokemon are there how, how many of them have i caught how many of them do i want to catch how much time do i need to spend here are there any new pokemon i haven't seen here have i been here at night yet because there are new pokemon at night like that's the kind of thing that's going on in my head when i'm exploring the world and that that means that i'm i'm quite happy with looking at the world too um and and i think because you're right it's not like you're seeing it the the world isn't dense with pokemon although they kind of are everywhere in a sparse kind of way in a more natural feeling way because in real life if the world was like no not colonized and not humanized mm. you know there would still be there would be more animals than there are today maybe but it's not like they'd be fucking everywhere you wouldn't be oh you wouldn't yeah be kicking I, one every two steps yeah i don't want to start tripping over badoofs exactly so like i feel like it's got a nice feeling of that where it's a, a natural uh uh wealth of creatures to see at uh at a a, a a natural rate i guess that that's my impression um but yeah i don't i don't necessarily have a problem with the the world direction i have uh, my biggest problem is with the the texture quality on characters like they've got like their team galaxy logo on their shoulder or whatever oh, it's and it's so, so blurry it's and like so blurry. the professor's little bonnet is like a texture on his chin and that's really blurry and yeah. and there's a problem with the lighting on pokemon which is really weird like they they've like they they've got really flat colors on them and like that's fair enough that's fine a lot of them are kind of basically colored like that especially the older ones like mr mime and scyther and mm. stuff like that it's just kind of like green body uh white bit on the tail uh blades yeah. but there's something weird about the way the shadows work on that at different times of day where they look quite um desaturated a lot of the time that's my biggest issue with the with the art direction like i i think i think a lot of that like yeah like i i did have issues with that as well as like a lot of the pop-in is really like Oh, I didn't realize it was going to be a giant boulder like twenty fucking feet ahead of me. Yeah. Um. As well as like the lighting disappearing on objects that are right next to you to the, like to the extent where like if 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 I'm standing next to a tree and I turn one direction, 
uh, the tree will then pop out and the lighting will disappear from the tree and then suddenly mm. I'm no longer in like shadow. And mm. like it's like it doesn't like affect gameplay, but I'm like, oh the fuck. Um, yeah, it pulls you out of it. it yeah, it's 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 really obvious how much this game is struggling to exist. Yeah. And I and I don't understand why I truly well, I was just because... gonna say, when when I went back to Breath of the Wild like a year ago, mm. one thing I was immediately disappointed by that I had forgotten about, because I was playing it on a better screen. I was playing it on the projector rather than like my desk monitor from like five meters away sitting on my couch. Mm. Um was the pop in. Like Oh, it it's it's got pop in, but it's also got it has direction. Right? Like Breath of the Wild in some areas looks really striking. Yeah. And and accidentally so. Like like not accidentally in the sense that they didn't know it was gonna happen, but they've structured the game in the way that it naturally conform itself to look really striking in a way that wasn't authored. Um, you know, the sun at a certain point in the in the day hitting these certain trees and then like behind this mountain, you know, and that's not a thing that they decided, but it's a thing that the, the way they set up the systems lends itself to that happening naturally. Right. There was not a single moment in the many hours I've played of this game that I thought, Oh wow, that looks great. Like not a single moment. Like I didn't have like a wow moment at all. I didn't have like a, wow, look how incredible this looks. I've just been in this, ugly world um and and like i also i don't understand why it looks like that as well because there are other games that have come out that are similar structured games xenoblade like specifically which looks far better um and has less pop in is more graphically like like has more graphic fidelity it's more open too isn't it yeah, you can see a lot more how that's happening in that game and it doesn't look nearly as bad as this. Um, and especially because Monolith worked on this game, right? Like, they're, yeah, like they're, they're credited on this game. Um, and, and you can see some of that. Um, I was talking to my housemate about it where, like, it, it feels like a Monolith design to accidentally be able to walk into, like, a Pokemon that's 30 levels higher than you. Yeah. Um, like, that's a very Xenoblade world design of of creature um but so, yeah i don't i don't understand why the game looks the way that it does i don't know who looked at that and went like yeah that's the one we're going to do because surely they had other options i mean if they had them i'm sure they would have taken them it seems like a choice i don't know why you would say that because we don't know what the development system was Sure, no, but but I mean, isn't like they've made Pokemon games before? Like, would have like like none, I'm not none, saying none like this. No, but like this isn't like the style of this game is an art direction decision. Like, 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 like technical issues aside, I would say that it that their art direction is founded on their technical issues. Their art direction is 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 well and truly like, decided by their technical limitations. That's why it looks the way it does. That's why they've made the decisions they have. The way they've gone about getting around the technical issues may have been different to other studios' implementations and may have been less effective than other studios' implementations. But I'm 100% positive that any decision with the art direction was founded on technical limitation. Then I I suppose my question is, how come Nintendo's, like, 
okay, how come the biggest franchise in the world can't get a game to look good on the Switch? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> because like Sword and Shield didn't look great. It looked fine. It didn't yeah. look great. It wasn't really impressive. That was a also common, had a common complaint. Yeah, had pretty like pretty rough pop in a lot of the time as well. Yeah, um, I'd say Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl looks better. Weren't in made a lot by Grand Freak. Yeah, weren't made by Grand Freak. Exactly. Um, and also, it's a it's a smaller scope, I think, than this game. Oh yeah, sure. Like that's a remake of a game that was going for a lot more basic in terms of like flat art style. You know, no moving camera, etc. So I, I do want to move off of art style at some point. We're, we're pretty deep in here and we haven't spoken about the game at all yet. Yes, but like talking about the world, right? Like it's it's like, I think fundamentally, like the Pokemon being in the world, I don't know what they're doing there. And we spoke about this just briefly before we recorded. What are they doing? You said that you've seen Pokemon do things in this world because I sure as shit haven't seen them fucking do anything aside from exist waiting for me to go up to them. Okay, I, w- so I, would, I would love to know. I've been thinking about this because we've had conversations over the last few days here and there, and I've been trying to keep most of it pretty reserved so we can bring it in today, right? Um, this game, Arceus reminds me of two games most, and it's not mm. Monster Hunter and it's not Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I, It's I would be Metal agreeing. Gear Solid Five, and okay. it's Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. So the reason I say Metal Gear Solid Five is because that whole game, you know, you it's like taking it's taking the yeah, it's the Fulton. It's it's the stealth game being placed into the open or rather it's a it's a traditionally linear game being placed into an open world setting for the first time in the game's history and having mm. to adapt all the game's systems to that. Yeah. Um and all of a sudden it doesn't become about like taking the enemies out because there's so many of them. Mm. That would just become trivial. Then why would they yes. even bother having enemies? So then it becomes about, oh, you've got to grade the enemies. You've got to see which ones are good and which one you want to take back to Mother Base yeah. and Fulton them out. That's similar with this one, right? Where it becomes, you know, instead of you having being forced to walk through tall grass and have a random encounter attack you, and that being the only way you can engage with Pokemon at all because they're not in the open world, now it's there everywhere. And the tall grass, you can't put the Pokemon in the tall grass because then you can't see them. You go in the tall grass now because you're the one that's stealthing. Yeah. And you're collecting things, much like you're collecting soldiers in Metal Gear Solid Five. And then Horizon Zero Dawn is like, that game is about hiding in tall grass, like the gameplay, while mm. creatures that are dangerous to you go around and you need to try and confront them in a way that is advantageous to you while not being swamped by the, the enemies that are around you and also, like, gathering materials and moving past them. So the reason I bring that up is because you're like, what, what are the Pokemon doing, right? What, what are they, why are they in this world if they're not going to do anything? What are the creatures in Horizon Zero Dawn doing, Jeremy? A lot of them are actually doing things. So tell um, me what things they're doing. Like, drinking water. They are, like, grazing the grass. They are hanging out, like, in a lot more close-knit Like clusters? Areas. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, they, they sort of, like, they do travel in herds. Um, like, and they're, like, some of them, like, are attacking each other a lot of the time. Like, you know, the more aggressive, like, the, the more aggressive ones will attack the smaller ones. Um, so, like, the reason I bring it up is because having played through Horizon recently, I felt like when I saw a group of animals of mm. monster of machines yeah 
a lot of them were they they were doing a couple of things maybe yeah um, a lot of, like the grazers were grazing and the sawtooths were digging in the ground but that was kind of it if they weren't patrolling yeah. or standing around and eating grass one of them was maybe digging and that yeah. was kind of it they yeah. didn't have that much else to do and then the only other action interaction they had with you was getting getting angry and fighting you which all of them do yeah. or being taken over by you and fighting the others and that's yeah. basically it. Yeah. And that's for about 25 different machines. This yes. game has 200 creatures mm. that have to exist in the wild and be able to interact or not interact as that suits. And I think they've got a similar level of... Now, some of them don't have that much in terms of... Like, a lot of them don't even have the, the extra grazing part. But I get that because if every one of them had even just that one extra thing per pokemon that's 200 bespoke things they have to do all of a sudden based sure, on but it's, it's, it's not like they can't be transferred across a lot of the time sure but i'm just saying like i don't feel like this is that much less interactive or living breathing worldy than horizon was i i think my issue is is as a game the narrative of the game is you are going out and trying to collect data on these things, right? What you're doing in Horizon is kill the, kill the monster and collect okay. the bits. Right. Or what you're doing in Metal Gear is grading them and then which ones you want to grade, you will then Fulton out and then take back to Mother Base. In this, you're not... I'm not learning anything about these Pokemon at all. Okay. And neither is the game really. Like, you know, you can No, you can I, learn... I would disagree with that. I'm, like... I'm actually going to I'm going to jump in here. Um Okay. So I was thinking about this. There's one area I explored last night, and it's the area that's most like this. I will say this that basically every other area in the game so far hasn't done stuff like this before. Yeah. But there's this area in the first zone called Sand Gem Flats. Right. Um and it's kind of off the beaten path. It's on the left side of the map, and it's where one of the lakes are. Um, Verity, I think. Mm. Uh, you have to get past an Alpha Snorlax to get to this area, but once you mm. do, you're in an area that has Abras, right? And so what happens when you walk into an area with Abras, they actually see you from really far away, and when they do, they teleport, and they're gone. Yeah. And that's like, that's like Abras of old, right? They're so fearful and shy and are so powerful in terms yeah. of their kinetic abilities, they can just fuck off. Yeah. Um, and so that was like, whoa, that's a really different catching style. I, I've got to stealth my whole way to get anywhere near this Abra to then be able to catch it. Mm. And is and it speaks a lot to the character of the Pokemon itself. Yeah. And then I, you, see a Abra, you see a Kadabra later on, and that one's much more aggressive. Um, we're just like, oh, it's interesting how, how much more bold they become between evolutions. So that's, that's an interesting interaction there. There's also... Um, Shellos and Gastrodons, mm. uh, the pink ones. And so they they operate in sort of family groups where there's normally like one or two Gastrodons and then two or four Shellos. And the Shellos are so small. They're, they're little slugs. And the Gastrodons are much bigger. And I caught one Shellos. And then when I did, this Gastrodon that only had line of sight on the Shellos became angry at me because it was like I caught its child kind of a deal. So that... Mm. That I, 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 I was appreciating I, I, as well. And whether I'm reading into it or not, I still think that's there in a way that allows me to read into it. Sure, I, I think that's sure, valid. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with that. 
Uh, um, and then there's another spot as well. And this is all in the one area. It's yeah. a large area where there are Mr. Mimes that you can catch and Mime Juniors. So it's cool seeing the two different evolutions hanging out. But when the Mr. Mimes see you, they don't run away. They don't attack you. They create a light screen in front of them. So you can't hit them with Pokeballs. They mm. create a barrier in front of them and then just face you the whole time. So you can't hit them and then they just protect themselves. So, you know, that's another different thing they've done. Now, like I said, I don't really feel like there's many other areas or creatures that have done anything similar, but it does happen. It has happened. And in all the other spots, it hasn't been an issue to me. I'm happy just seeing Psyduck hanging around with Buneary in a lake and in a river, and then I try and catch some and some get angry and I run away. That's enough interaction for me to believe in this world. I, I, I have a question for you. Okay. When doing the research for the Pokedex, did any of that come into consideration? What? Is there like, is there like C, Gastrodon, and the, the little ones? Shellos. Shellos. Like, is there like, you know, look for a family of Gastrodon and Shellos? No. No, there is. Is there, it's, is there it's, like, look around and watch an Abra teleport away? No, it's or, not. Or, or, it's or, or the, catch it's one. the catch one without being caught, right? And for Abra, sure. that means not being seen, because if you've seen, it teleports. Like, yeah. you're right. The, the, the Pokedex doesn't have that stuff. Yeah, and, and I, th I think that that's my issue, right? Is that, like, a lot of the... Like, you know, like so, some of them might do those, th those, you know, those unique things, which I have not seen at all. Um, but, like, it's, it's cool that at least some of them do that in, like, whether it's, like, like cascading system or whether or not it's intentional. Um, the fact that that worked at that point is good. Mm. But that doesn't, like, them being in that, like, th there's not enough opportunity for that in the game. There's no, none of the bird Pokemon at all I, I have seen have a nest. No, None of them fair. really even fly away. They're kind of just human height. None of them go up that you have to look up and throw the Pokeball. They do, actually. I've seen a Star Raptor flying in the sky. Right, as okay. Well as, right. as well as a Gyarados, which was really sick. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen the Gyarados. Um, but they're not, like, hanging out up there. They're not, like, they're not, like, using that as a travel and then going to, like, a, a nest like birds do. Yeah, like, no, you're no, right. That's fair enough. Like, they like I, I, I want some individuality from these like and I'm I'm not saying I want each one to have their own quirk, but I want them to at least have, you know, a group of quirks. Right. Like have them have them do things that are not just stand there. Which is the, the overwhelming majority of them. I uh, they are just standing enough. there. And like and it's it, like, I think that's why I wanted more from this than what, like, Horizon would give me with its wildlife, what, uh, um, what's it called? The, the other one you used. Metal, Metal Gear, Gear used with, yeah, with its enemies. I, I, I can't tell which ones are good ones before I catch them either. You know, you, you can do that with Metal Gear. Um, you can, like, you see the, the grades of what they're like before you fall I mean, to them. You can tell what level it is, but yeah. Yeah, but, like, that, like I, I, if I need a heavy one... Fucking, it's like you just got to catch it. Sure. Well, that comes into a, another thing, though, where it's so easy to catch them that it doesn't matter if you can't tell. You could just catch a bunch and then figure it out. 
Yeah, which that, is another is issue a, you have with this game. <laughs> yeah, because I I think that's really boring and like not not like I I don't want to use the word lazy, but I think that's a cheap way to make me do a lot of the things in this game. Is that the 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 catching is is relatively easy. It's not unengaging. I've not like I've not sat there going like ugh, I gotta go and catch fucking six of these. I'm like okay, I'll just go catch six of these. It's not an issue. But what it means is that I'm impersonally collecting stamps to tick some boxes, which I feel like I'm not doing the research the game is telling me that it's doing. I'm not learning anything about these Pokemon. I'm just making my inventory at the farm really full of Pokemons that I don't care about Mm -hmm. so that if I want to increase the number in my Pokedex, I got to do that a whole lot more than I'm already doing. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, and it, right? It doesn't, feel, it doesn't feel like anything. I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel any emotion to any of that. Oh man. Well, that like, sucks. I, but yeah. But like, yeah, but they're, they're not giving me any emotion to, to deal with. There's, I, I've no, never I, felt, I've never felt so disconnected from the Pokemon that I'm catching because I'm catching so many of them. Like, do you feel any connection to your Pokemon Go Pokemon? My Pokemon Go Pokemon? Absolutely not. But I do to these. I feel the exact same way. Like, this just feels like Pokemon Go. Like, I, 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 I said this, like, you know, largely flippantly, but uh, I think it, it has some truth in it where I said this is Pokemon Go where you don't have to leave home. Um, <laughs> because I can, I can just walk around the world that they gave me and throw Pokeballs mindlessly. So um, let, me, let me ask you then, what's the difference between this and an original game? Like, like a Pokemon Let's Go. So, like... I, I think it I think it genuinely is having a party that I am building up. I think as I because I consistently have to swap out. So yeah, so I, I, I did write this. So I feel like my team is meaningless. This is this is a this is a note, so it's gonna sound it's gonna sound written. My team is meaningless. I'm forever swapping them out so I can get the Pokemon that I've already caught into my Pokedex, and then battles happen at weird frequencies and random times narratively to the point where that I have never have a team that I have any care or connection to. I'm not building any synergy towards like making sure that I've got, you know, largely different types covered, different types of move moves covered. I just have whatever I have at the moment in my party because I'm trying to get the Pokédex number higher because it takes a lot longer to get Pokémon into the Pokédex. And then I will go and narratively go over to a very large beast Pokémon. And before I do that, one of the random like leaders of the tribe is like, "Hey, before you go in there, you and I got to battle." And I'm like, fucking, why do we have to battle? Like, this seems like a really weird time to do this right now. But I guess we haven't had a battle in about 20 minutes because this is a really <laughs> strange Pokemon game. Not that I'm against that, but also, like, I don't know what the battles are really serving in this it's game. It's about I mean, as arbitrary as they ever were, though. At least at least in the previous ones, it was about, like, it was a way to make your Pokemon stronger. Um, it was a way to build up that team and that experience with that team. Whereas I'm not building any experience with the team I think one, because I'm battling a lot less, but also two, because I'm swapping them out all the time. And so it's this weird cycle of battles are less important. Battles are less frequent because they're less important. Because they're less frequent, I'm noticing my team a whole lot less. Therefore, I'm creating a team without any, any synergy. Therefore, let's have less important battles because you don't have a team with good synergy. Interesting. It, it's, I feel like they're stuck in this loop of they don't actually know what to do with the battles. And I, and I think that becomes a little, little bit clearer when 
you enter a battle and you see like it's it's like I I think they've made some decent additions to the battling with like the the speed and the you know the different forms different moves can take. I think that's a neat thing that they do. Being able to walk around in the battle is cool. Getting different angles. Not that it does like does it do anything uh, like mechanically being able to walk around the battle. Mechanically, no. Yeah, like not that it needs to. Um, but. Th- they feel like a really weird relic to me of like, a, well, we got to include battles. It's Pokemon. While they were already trying to reinvent the wheel. Right. Go on. I just, there's been a lot of times here where I'm like, I disagree, but go on. And I'm looking at the timer. I'm like, is it, is it my turn? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was just like, it's just starting to stack up. Like the, yeah. the number of t- the things where it's like, I, I, w- I want to get in here, like in a yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the, in, in response to what you're saying though, like the, the battle system, a, a lot of this is tricky, right? Because it is trying to take an old game and bring it forward into a different genre and bring mm. it forward into a modern gameplay style. I think and I so would not wish on my worst enemy. <laughs> what do you mean? Like trying to do that? Yeah, like because it's it's an all it's an almighty task. It is yeah, and, so so difficult to do. And there's kind of no right way, and there's kind of no. infinite ways to piss many people off. Yes. Um. So yeah, that's a good point. Um. So yeah, I could see why you know you might feel like oh the the battles feel shoehorned in and um. Maybe it's far less important than it used to be. The way I... I, I think the, awkward is the word I want to use. Okay. The, the way I see it, like all of all of the design decisions they've made trace back to me, like they trace back in a really um, natural way where it's, where I try and think of the design problems they were trying to solve, right? Where they were like, okay, we've got the blueprint of Pokemon. And let's be real, right? You take Pokemon blue and red on the mm-hmm. Game Boy... And you take Pokemon Sword and Shield on the Switch. And you can draw a line straight through every mainline entry of Pokemon from one to the other. And it's, you know, you start, you are a noob and you've never caught Pokemon before in your life. And then you get into a dangerous situation and then you get a starter Pokemon. And then you have uh, a buddy who also gets a starter Pokemon and you fight. And then you go to the first gym and you catch a bird and a squirrel. And and then all of a sudden there's like an electric squirrel in the next zone and you get one gym badge. Like that that is so formulaic and it's been the same for decades. Basically yeah. as long as I've been alive, longer than you've been alive. And <laughs> so, I, like, I I think it's it's worth mentioning that Sword and Shield at least had Pokemon that were roaming around like in the in, in the, the wild one areas. wild area. Hmm? In the one wild area. What do you mean in the one wild area? Oh, did, were they out in the normal zones as well? Okay, yeah. well, that's that's something. But it's yeah. still the kind of thing where it's like, you've got to get... you what when you The only way you can interact with Pokemon in those games is by fighting them or fighting them until they're weakened until you can catch them. Yeah. And that's all happening in an instanced battle area zone yes. and you can't interact with them in any other way otherwise except run away from them in the newer ones. Yeah. And that's directly born out of a limitation of older hardware. The whole walk through tall grass and you might get a chance to be attacked and then you can deal with Pokemon is a limitation of the Game Boy. 
so when they're, they're saying, you know, you're looking at this game and you, I, I could sort of see the design decisions being like, all right, let's take this blueprint we've got, let's put it in an open world where if you go into a battle, you're in the exact, everything's in the same location it was when the battle started. You're in the same world, the same location. It's not a separate area. There's no black screen. It's seamless. How do we do that then? Well, it's like, okay, well, if you want to start a fight, you've got to throw out your Pokeball. And it's like, okay, well, we've designed this narrative of them attacking you, right? It's dangerous to go without your own Pokemon to defend yourself. So they have to attack you. And so that's what happens. You get some that are timid and some that attack you. You've got the whole thing where it's like, oh, well, we can't just have it be in tall grass. It's Pokemon. It's more natural than that. We're not limited to tall grass. They can be everywhere. So tall grass can now be for you because you can just catch them. And so like all of it comes out of this putting it into an open world. And because catching them, you don't have to go into a battle to do it. It does become quick. It does become easy. And sometimes it doesn't work. And that's fun as well when it, you know, it's it's like a very, very miniature version of when you plan out like a stealth mission or you plan out like a room in a, in like Hitman or something like that. You go to attack someone, they turn around, someone hears it, you got to drag the body. Like it's kind of like that. It's like you throw the Pokeball, it catches, but it misses, they get angry. You throw some spoiled apricot apricorns at them and they get stunned which is really funny <laughs> and you try again and they wake up again and something else arrives so you decide to just fight them and you knock the other one out and can, can i mention something very very quickly yeah do you want to know how i catch pokemon in this game sure i throw a pokeball at him and then i continue to run and i'll get a notification in my ui if i caught it or not and if i didn't then i'll just keep going Oh, no wonder you're not having fun. <laughs> it, I, I have no no inclination to do any more than that. Why? Why don't you because, engage with it more? Because, like, I, I sit there like, and, like, if, I, if I, I, I decide to catch a Pokemon, right? And so I sit there and I'm invested in the result. Because the the reward of it is, like, oh, I've caught my fourth Shinx. Okay. That, like, it, it's, it's, it's so arbitrary. And there's 80 other Shinx around the area. I can just go to the next one, quickly duck in some grass, throw a Pokeball, look to the next one before the previous one's even caught, throw a Pokeball. If I catch both of them, it's as useful as if I caught one of them. This reminds me of when our friend Ollie played Spider-Man for the first time. Do you, do you remember this at all? And he didn't like uh, it. Yeah, vaguely, yeah. And his criticism of it was he didn't have to do anything in combat except press the attack button. He didn't even have to push the stick. He could just hmm. press the attack button over and over. And it's like, well, yeah, but you could do more than that if you wanted to. And he's like, oh, but the game's like the game's letting me do it like this, so why would I do anything else? It's like, because that's not fun. <laughs> why would you do it like that? <laughs> like, you have the option to engage with it differently. Y yes, but like I am like it. It is like the feedback loop is already giving me like. I don't get any more enjoyment from really sticking it out and trying to figure... Like, if there's a Pokemon... Okay, well, like, and, and maybe, that's if, the, maybe that's the reason, right? Yeah, I, and I think because it feels very impersonal. Did it ever me. feel personal in the old games? Because you're still yeah. just getting attacked by random, random Pokemon, some that you never even wanted to catch. And it's just I like, boring, run away, boring, run away, boring, run away. Oh, this one I wanted. Oh, I killed it accidentally. Now I have to walk in the grass, randomly attack. Oh, I didn't want this one. Run away. Didn't want this one. Oh, here it is. Paralyzed it. Can't catch it. Reload a save. Like, what's the difference? I, I think the difference is the... And um, I, 
I don't know. And I am still trying to figure that out, but I think a lot of it fair. is, I think a lot of it is the, it felt like, it felt like the answer to catch a Pokemon in the old one. It was the answer to getting it in the Pokedex. Like that was the one thing you needed to do. Like that was the, the, the reward was, Hey, I caught one of these Pokemon. It goes into the decks. I get like the little, like the cute little chime. I get a bunch of the information about the Pokemon. You can name you know, it if you want. And then you yeah, can I can, I can, I can name it if I want. And then it would automatically either go into my party or my box. And then if I liked it, I could then bring it out of my box and put it in there. And I'd, and I'd remember like, hey, like it would say, you caught this on Route 42. If I really wanted to go back and catch more of them, I would know where to go. I would have some memory of where I caught it based on the routes being a lot fewer. Like there's a lot, there's a lot less space to walk in on, on an old Pokemon route than there is, than there is in this because this is such a wide world. Um and so when I've caught it, like I did the thing, I caught the Shinx. Very beginning of the game, because that's where Shinxes are. In this one, it's hey, like I caught a Shinx. I need to catch four more. I need to make it use two moves and I need to evolve it or I need to give it a berry and I need to catch another one that's a bit heavier than this one to get into my Pokedex and get that thing ticked off. And that to me is like like I don't want to do fucking any of that. Wow. Like that is like, like I I would love to learn about the Pokemon in a way that felt like I was being a researcher, not like a poacher. (laughs) So have you done many of the side quests? I've done some of them. Like they're, they're, they're fine. And like some of them, some of them give you the reward. Yeah. And like they do that bit of sort of letting you know a bit more about them as well. Like there's, there's a side quest with Pseudo Wudo, right? And that's what this quest is about. And it's like one of the people there is like, oh, the, our resident Pseudo Wudo is kind of sad. Um, I've been trying to feed it and it doesn't, re- it had some berries, but like it didn't really care. So I was like, oh, well, it's a plant. I'll water it. And then they water it and it's like, oh, it doesn't care. Here, you get a Pokemon that uses water pulse and then we'll, we'll battle it and give it some water and it'll be happy because it's a plant. Mm. And it doesn't get happy because it's, it's Pseudo Wood. That's the whole point of pseudo wudo is that it's not actually wood. It's not actually a plant. It's rock. So it hates it when it gets watered because rock is weak to water in the Pokemon universe. And so that's a nice little sort of thing about that. And the game's in an interesting position, right? Where it's like, these people are learning about Pokemon for the first time, but we are not. We know all about them. We know everything there is to know about them because not only have we been playing Pokemon for all of our lives, but these particular Pokemon have been around for years. So, I, I, it's a tough line to walk. The way they do that, you know, a, a certain person learning the difference between a, a Silcoon and a Cascoon, you know, and thinking they're going to get a Beautifly and they get a Dustox instead. Like, that's, that's cute and that's funny. And yeah, their that's sort funny. of fear of Pokemon and, and your research sort of allowing people to get over that fear is really fun. And um, how, there's another one as well. Like, there's someone who wants to... Um, no, someone is a guard, right? And they want to know how Zubat sees so well in the dark uh, so mm. they can take inspiration from that and get even better at guarding the village at nighttime. And yep. so you bring them a Zubat and they look at it and they're like, it doesn't even have eyes. How am I? That's not going to help me. <laughs> yep. And like, that's really, that's really cool. Um, you're right that the catching is, it's quick and it is impersonal. I still make certain 
connections with certain Pokemon. The first time I catch a Scyther, that's my Scyther. You know what I mean? And that's going in a special spot, and that's been in my party for hours, and it's not going anywhere. Even when I caught an Alpha Scyther, which is way bigger and way stronger and way higher level, I had it in my party for like 10, 20 minutes, and I was like, you know, this, is, this isn't my Scyther. And I put it back, and I got my old one out. And there are, I've caught others since, but I've got my Scyther. So I still feel that connection, and then I'm happy to go on and then complete the Pokedex entry as well. I don't mind the tick boxing. Um, I just wish those two things were linked, because they they feel really separate to me. Like, if I had to, if if it said like you know, in the in the Pokedex, go and water a pseudo Rudo, and I went out had to fight a pseudo Rudo use a water-type move on it, learn how it reacted to it, which is super effective, mm. damages it, then little entry in the Pokedex. Uh, if you own a Pseudo-Rudo, weak to water, right? You know, or just like, you know, weak to water. Note to self, don't water Pseudo-Rudo, yeah. Yeah, right, and like... Okay, and yeah, I, I see that, that would be cute. And sure, like, there's a lot of Pokemon in this game, and so they can't do that for every single one but maybe you don't have 200 Pokemon in that game at that point, right? Like, if you want to make that game where you're going out learning about the Pokemon, cut it down a little bit so it's a bit more interesting because it's so, just the same thing every time. So, like, what what happens in your ideal world then where, like, you're used to the, like, you've caught it and that's the event and then it's logged and then you don't have to care about that Pokemon anymore. Like, that version of Pokemon Legends Arceus where you you only have to catch a Pokemon once... That game's over in four hours. You know what I mean? Like, because the whole thing about Pokemon as we've imagined it from its kind of limited foundation that we've had, where we've had to give it our imagination to make it seem like a living world, is yeah. that there are Pokemon everywhere, and there's groups of them, and they're different sizes, different genders, and they, they're different evolutions, and they're stronger in certain areas, and they're weaker in certain areas. Like, that's what we've got here. Mm. We've got uh, the realization so, of the world they've been giving us for 25 years. And so what I'm like uh, what I'm saying is like I'm not saying give me the give me the I catch it once and it's in my Pokédex, but give me the Pokémon Snap style they're doing things. I'm learning about them. That game is all, that game is actually Arceus because you are learning about Pokémon by seeing what they're like in their natural habitat. You know. Sure. You're you're briefly interacting by throwing an apple or whatever, and you know making him like you know poke the monkey to make it dance. But like it's like I, I those there is like an infinite amount of personal more personality in that game than there is in this in regards to the actual Pokemon being in the world. So then, like that kind of brings me back to this distinction we made at the start of the podcast, right? With the difference between Horizons. Um, content and Uncharted's in a different way. We weren't quite talking about it the same way, right? But mm. where Horizon is, it's a big open world, right? And it's got to be full of many things to do and many quests and some of them feel kind of generated, but you get to interact with the world as it is naturally, seemingly. Or you've got something more authored like Uncharted where every little moment can be this distinct thing where, you, where, where Drake writes a, a note down in his journal after, you know having the optional conversation with Sam and and he writes yeah. like he does a drawing of him making fun of his drawings like yeah. like it feels to me like that's a difference because Pokemon Snap is great and it has a lot of that personality it's also much shorter much more linear and much more directed because it needs to be to create that content 
having an open world like this, I don't see any way where the scope is reasonable to be able to do that for more than five Pokemon, honestly. Well, like, I, I, I don't understand the point of the world being as open as it is either, because I also don't recognize this world at all. Like, oh, I don't, Jeremy! Oh, I don't you're breaking at, my heart! I don't look at oh. this world and see... What, do you see Sinnoh in this world? Yes! Are you kidding? Yes, I've been dying to talk about how much I love being in this world, Jeremy! Oh my god, this world is the worst! So, and, and like, I've just been playing Brilliant Diamond, right? But yeah, I love same. you going to each area, it's like, oh my god, there's the lakes, and you go there, and, and the new theme starts. The music's fantastic in this game too, by the way. It's Some rocking. of it's right. It's great. And, like, yeah. it's a bit at odds where... Like, it's constantly interrupting itself. Like, I wish it yeah. would run a bit longer. But I like the battle music. Funny. I like the music that just plays when, when you're in, like, the middle of the day. That's, like, really fun. Kind of a bit jazzy. No wonder I like it. The piano theme is a great remix of the original battle theme. And it's also got the the lake. The... Which is the original theme from the lake scenes in the original game. Mixed into... The battle theme for this one, oh, I love the music in this game. And I love the world because there are moments where someone has got a quest because a bunch of the Psyduck have got a headache, right? Which harkens back to the moment in Brilliant Diamond where a bunch of Psyduck are blocking a path because they've all got a bunch of headaches and you've got to get them a certain type of medicine to get them to clear a path. They're not blocking a path in this one, but they've got a headache. And the special type of medicine comes from the same area that you get the medicine from in the original game. They're also, that next area, covered in fog. You have to use defog in Brilliant Diamond. Like, I just... It's... I. There are so many parallels to draw, having just been in there. When you're in the, the forest where... Um, uh, what is it? Uh, do you remember the name of the first enraged Pokemon? Uh, Cleavor. Mm, yeah. Um, when you're in that forest, you're getting the same music as the Eterna Forest. I think it's the Eterna Forest in Brilliant Diamond. In, from that first area, from the start of the game. You're encountering... That fight, that, that fight is really bad, by the way. I thought it was fine. You just throw a hundred things at a thing and dodge attack. Yeah, it's really simple. It reminded but me like, that... dodging it makes me think of Dark Souls, which I, which I appreciated. Oh, it reminded me of Because you've got invincibility really... frames. I remember that really terrible boss fight at the beginning of Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> the rollercoaster one. Oh, yeah, no, that one's bad. It, it, it reminded me exactly of that. That was the oh, first wow. thing I thought of, yeah. Man, I, I was... Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm in this world knowing that Sinnoh is the region I've been in the most because I've been through the entirety of Pokemon Pearl. I've been through half of Diamond. I've been through the entirety of Platinum multiple times. And I've, I've got, I'm like halfway through Pokemon Shining Pearl. Like, that was my first Pokemon game. It's the one that I loved. It's, you know, the one I still love, etc. And I'm looking at this world going, like, fucking, I have no idea where any of this is. I can see Mount Coronet the whole time, but aside from that, none of this is, like, this isn't anything that I recognize. It's not one for one. I w- I'm, I'm, it, it doesn't need it, to be one def- for one. No, no, I yeah. know. I'm just saying, like, it's definitely... You need to put those pieces together if you know them. Like, it's not like, I, oh, I here's, the, here's this part of Ruto 2, you know? Well, like, I, I do know them, but I think my issue is that I'm looking at this world going, everything looks the fucking same everywhere I go in this zone. I'm in this area like, hey, there's like a, there's a forest here that's kind of a forest because they fucking can't render enough trees to make it look like a forest. I've been and so excited to, like, geek out on all of the Sinnoh stuff with, with you and maybe June if they were here. And, and I okay. thought it might be the one thing we'd agree upon. Oh, man, it, breaking it, my it, heart, it, Jeremy. 
it, it's the most unrecognizable thing about this game. Like, I literally, in my notes, I wrote Sinnoh in name only because I don't recognize this place at fucking all. Well, it's not even in name. Oh, yeah, I know. But, like, in terms of, you know, it's, it's set in the Sinnoh region. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've done a great job, honestly, of realizing what we wanted. When, when I was playing Pokemon Yellow when I was six... And I was watching the anime at the same time. I was wanting a world where I could hide in the grass and just throw a Pokeball at a, at a Pokemon and see what happened. Where they would get angry and you'd have to run away or you'd get hurt. And you'd have to mm. go, like, take a, take a break and go relax to heal your character. Like, I wanted a world like that. And they've delivered it. And I think they've done it in a really good way. And they've solved a lot of desire problems along the way that are natural. I think, like, the idea you've had there of making it a bit more personal whenever... You, of filling in the notes a bit more personally. I think that is a great idea. I think it inflates the scope drastically. I don't know how they do it. I think it Cut is Pokemon. achievable, though. Pardon? Cut some Pokemon. <sighs> well, that's the thing. This world needs lots of Pokemon for it to feel alive. And I do think it feels alive. I love exploring it. I love seeing the new areas. I love hearing the new music in different spots. I love seeing the way it, it harkens back to the old areas. I, I think it's really good. And I think it's got a lot of room for improvement. I think it's, it's quite unrefined. But I'm, I'm here for it. This is like the foundations of what, is, what could be a really great Pokemon game in like three more Pokemon games after this because we both know that they're going to release the next one very similar to this. Or, yeah. or it'll be a direct sequel to fucking Sword and Shield, and they'll ignore all of this like they did. Let's go. Um, I would be, I, I would be very upset if they didn't try hard to keep pushing it forward. If they rest on this foundation, if they take it easy here, I will be disappointed. Yeah. And it is in the Pokemon company's history that that is likely to happen, which yes. makes me very sad. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, like, I think that, once again, they were tasked with creating a car and they delivered a shiny wheel that fucking can't get me anywhere. They've given me, like, one wheel. Well, I'm enjoying the other three in the chassis. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, I... I, I'm 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 disappointed, I think, mostly because like I was like I was getting higher on this game as it was getting closer to release. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think because we were seeing that it wasn't what most people thought it was. Yeah, well, and like when you were talking about it at the start, it made me realize we had no idea what this game really yeah, was, no, really. No. And that's why we were all waiting for people to speak about it. And when most people had a very similar thing to say, that was positive, right? It wasn't split. Yeah. It was Yeah, no, I'm I, I am I am more on the outlier on here. But I think like after generations and generations of letdowns from either making like relatively worse versions of games that have already existed in the past. Yeah. Or like just just strange decisions across the board mm -hmm. um i think that they had a like a a, a genuine option to like a, a, a genuine opportunity to take a very very long break reevaluate everything and then deliver something great 
And I think that if this game had twice the development time, it would have. But they decided to once again just release it. What was the last game they released? It was Sword and Shield, right? What's... They did a Sword and Shield DLC. Two and a half years ago. Yep. Not even. A bit more than two years ago. With DLC last... Uh, 18 months ago, I think. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, hmm. Like, I, I don't know why this game is released in the way that it is. Like, I think it's, like, I think it is feature complete. I get it. Like, you know, it's a, it's a finished product. But I think, like, cohesively, it's kind of a mess. I think, I think things just don't, they don't mesh in a way that is, like, is, is it. I don't think it's, oh. it's just, it's just not it. I just so disagree. This is, this, this, this game, and like, that's, I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. Like, just to make that clear. I know, like, yeah, no. we know that, but I just need to say it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just remember, we could finish this off on a funny note. <laughs> Although you, you might, it might make you really sad. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, what was I going to say? Um, wh- what did you just say? Sorry, I, I've, I've distracted myself with three it, it, it's It's a mess and it wasn't cohesively brought together. wasn't cohesively brought together. Oh man, I, I'm losing it. Yeah, no, I, I think I've lost it. That's, That's right. a shame. I, I remembered one thing I wanted to show you. Jeremy, yeah. so you told me you, your starter was Quillava, right? Or rather, Cyndaquil. Yes. Have you evolved Cyndaquil to uh, Typhlosion yet? Yeah. You have? Yeah. Uh, your your wait, mic's wait, kind wait, of so cutting wait, out. Wait, sorry. Which, which, is, which one's Typhlosion? The second so or third one? Cyndaquil... Uh, Quillava. Uh, it's, then... it's Quillava currently. All right. So did you know that the final evolution of all of the starters is a different Hisuian version? No. Are you okay with me showing you what they did to Typhlosion? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So I'm just going to bring up my Pokedex on my Switch and show you on the camera. Let me see if okay. I can find him here. And everyone, I recommend... Now, everyone at home on Google, just look up Typhlosion Gen 2, I would I would type in. And you'll get the standard one. You'll see the, the version of him where he's got the flame coming out of his neck and he's all like big angry lizard. Really cool, right? Yeah. This, and now everyone looking at home, look up Typhlosion Hisui, H-I-S-U-I. Yeah. Jeremy, this is what they did to Typhlosion. Why is he so sad? (laughs) He's not sad. He's happy. He's got like a happy face on. He's like smiling the whole time. He's like... He's got got the same back posture as I do. He's like Jeff Daniels in Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) He's a fire ghost type. So when he gets in a fight, his neck, he's got like a feather boa purple wisp. I'll I'll get in the fight and show you the the, his fighting... uh, what do you call it when it goes around your neck necklace? Oh wait, no, that's Scyther. Hang on. Here comes Typhlosion. It's just so. I was so looking forward to having a Typhlosion, <laughs> and then they, <laughs> they, they did this instead. Here you go. That's 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 what he looks like with his little, his little ghost oh, flame weird. neck things. That's really strange. And he's just got that. Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah. Face on, rather than like. That yeah, ready to right. fuck shit up, angry face. <laughs> <laughs> Did you um? Do you know what legendaries are in this game? A lot of them. Do you know 
Do you know which legendaries from the original Diamond and Pearl are in this game? I know. I glanced uh, a slideshow on IGN, and I didn't see much of it, but it looks like there are Hisuian versions of Dialga and Palkia in this. Yes. Um, they're not as different as that. Oh, th- they're pretty different. <laughs> oh, are they? I only glanced them. I, 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 I just I, want to show you the. I just want to show you the Palkia one. Okay, just Palkia. That'd be great. Yeah, and, uh, yep. and, and I'll I'll see Dalki. Delkia? Dialga on my own. <laughs> Palkia and Delkia. Palkia. <laughs> <laughs> um, Palkia. Palkia looks fucking terrible. Um, and this is this is not me even like just talking shit about the game. I think this is just a really bad design. I don't I don't I don't have any stake in designs of Pokemon. Sure. It's but, but like this, it's kind of like really bad. angular, right? Horsey. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's really weird. It's and it's like half-evolved arms. Yeah. <laughs> it's just got shoulders with no arms on them. Yeah. Now, to be fair, Palkia's original design is kind of poop anyway. Oh, I think he looks cool. Look at the Zoid. Yeah, but he's got, like, worse posture than Hisuian Typhlosion does. No, because he's like a dinosaur. <laughs> Have you ever seen forward. a dinosaur where their back is, like, up... But by the time it gets to the neck, it's like horizontal. <laughs> like yes. Palkia's back goes a full ninety degree curve. Yeah, T Rex. <laughs> I, I think that one's a bit straighter than you're remembering it. Uh, would you like to see finally before we go to break? Yep. A Pokemon that does that I designed. Well, okay. Sure. <laughs> you realize uh, now that you've done this and people can't search it, we're gonna have to post it on the Twitter, right? Okay. Yeah, we can do we can do that. You can you can do that. I'll send you the image. You can you can post it. Okay. Can uh, it be the banner image on the site? It's called ah! Scrotom, which is Rotom with a scrotum. No, we can't post that. You can post that on your Twitter. <laughs> I'm posting that on the meme app account. Scrotom. Scrotom. <laughs> that definitely makes Rotom more interesting. I never liked Rotom. Yeah. Uh, Rotom's cool. It turns into like a fridge. It turns into like useless of versions of different things. Yeah, it's like, like a jukebox, I think. Yeah, like an old timey jukebox, or like a boombox, maybe something like that. Lots of different forms, TV. and all of them are weak. Yeah, and then in the future ones, he's the Pokedex. Yes, which I hate. <laughs> yeah, I, I I wasn't a big fan of that either. It was there was too much personality coming from that computer. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> the other thing I'll say, you know how. Was it when Sun and Moon came out when we were studying at AIE and I was saying, oh, I just don't like the new generations. I feel like they're all just oddballs. They're all weird, like a keychain and an ice cream and a sword and a shield. And I remember someone saying, they've always been weird. You just grew up with them so you don't realize it. Yeah. Well, when I saw a licky tongue out in the wild (laughs) (laughs) and I fed it a berry and I'm like, how's this thing going to eat it? And it just like... (laughs) waggles its tongue at this berry i'm like oh boy how did this make it past yeah yep uh well everyone that was more than an hour on pokemon thank you for getting this far ahead we've got a little bit left on the podcast we're just going to take a break now won't be too long uh we'll be right back welcome back to the minimap cast we thank you for sticking with us uh, through our big Pokemon Legends Arceus discussion. Uh, we've got... So we were going to be talking about uh, some upcoming games uh, for this year, which we uh, we were going to talk about last week. Uh, this week, because we've gone 
a bit long on Arceus, and there's a bit of news that's happened today. We're just going to top this day off with a brief, a briefer discussion uh, about the latest news of corporate acquisitions within the games industry. Um, this is this is coming from the first of February in Australia, or the thirty-first of Jan in most other places. Um, but there's a bit more acquisition news. Uh, in that, so I'm just going to read from gamesindustry.biz where a lot of this was broken uh, this morning. Uh, this is from Brennan Sinclair. I'm just going to read the headline and the top bit of the article here. Sony buying Bungie for $3.6 billion. Destiny Studio will remain multi-platform, able to self-publish and reach players wherever they choose to play. Uh, so the article reads as follows. Uh, they announced the deal to acquire Bungie for $3.6 billion. That's Sony Interactive Entertainment. This is the latest in a string of big-ticket consolidation deals in the games industry. After the deal closes, Bungie will be an independent subsidiary of SIE, run by a board of directors consisting of current CEO and chairman Pete Parsons and the rest of the studio's current management team. Sony has told Bungie... No, Sony has said Bungie will remain a multi-platform studio with the option, quote, to self-publish and reach players wherever they choose to play. Uh, they're working on Destiny 2 and a new IP. They've had a strong relationship. It's an important first step. Um, Jeremy, this is kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, so, and it's weird for a few reasons. One, because Bungie famously became independent from... Well, they weren't owned by Xbox, were they? Yeah, no, they were. They were owned by oh, Microsoft. They, they were owned by Xbox? Okay. So yep. they famously became independent from Microsoft in, what, 2013? A bit earlier? Uh, 2012, I want to say. 2012. After they made when... Halo Reach, but before yes. they made Destiny. Yes. To get Destiny uh, out into the world, they partnered with Activision for publishing, advertising, um, and theoretically Activision allowed them resources, uh, support studios, and uh, had some say on the direction of the game as well. Yep. Uh, again, famously... Depends on who you believe. <laughs> Depends on who you believe ruined the game. Depends on who you believe. Right, right, I see. Publisher um, meddling is, is a thing that is apparently quite prevalent in the Destiny development. Right. Uh, when did Spider-Verse come out? Was it the end of 2018? Uh, yeah. Okay, I so these are related. Uh, when I was going to see Spider Verse very late at the very start of 2019, or maybe it was the very end of 2018, uh, was the day that Bungie announced that they were splitting from Activision because uh, I was sitting in the foyer waiting to go see the movie, um, and that was exciting because we were big Destiny fans at that point, um, mm. and it was like great. Well, they're going to be able to do more of what they absolutely want to do and not be forced to make decisions based only on the bottom line and stuff like that. Yep. And then the last three years, I want to say, has seen them kind of grapple with that, with the reality of the decision they made there, where they went independent, they no longer had the big publishing and marketing and support studios of Activision, which is huge, um, and they could decide to not make a Destiny 3 and to just continue to make a Destiny 2 and keep going and be more honest to the game that they wanted to make in the way they wanted to make it. Yep. And that's been great. But it's led to a number of complications, um, a number of which have 
Well, let's just say that in... I'll just bring up that in 2019, when we did our end-of-year wrap-up, Jeremy was so high on Destiny 2 that it made it into his end of... Made it into his top of the decade games, I think. Was it top of the decade or top of the... Or was it just game of the year? I'm pretty years? sure it's top of the decade. Right. Which oh, is... They sure, they sure pulled that one on me. Yeah, so, like... You know, that you've game since, doesn't exist anymore. You've since soured on that the, game a lot because they've well, had to. Here's the thing: the game that was away. in my the game that was in my top of the decade doesn't actually exist in that way anymore. Yeah, it's changed. Yeah, and so has your opinion on the game, and that makes sense. That's you know, yeah. that's how opinions work. Um, and so I would say it's it's fair to say, as an observer and people who have played the game a lot, not super super lot, but a lot that uh, they have struggled with the scope of their big AAA game under the reality of their smaller um, development scope. Yeah. They have a whole lot less money to work with. Yeah. But they've still got the ambition of a gigantic studio that's made five Halo games and made Destiny 1 and 2 and made them with a $500 million advertising budget over 10 years. Like, their ambition for this game has always been quite large. Even when they can't necessarily reach it or they have to make a number of compromises to reach it. So this acquisition is interesting because I think Bungie gets, from what we've been told today, I think Bungie gets a lot out of this compared to how much Sony gets out of it. Yeah. What do you think about all this? Yeah, it's... it's. I think it's interesting. Um, they paid $3.6 billion for Bungie. Yep. Which is... A, that's a lot of money. Yep. Um, and it's, Especially it's a lot for of, one single studio, too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um... You know that, that that obviously comes with their this IP, which 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 Bungie retains the rights to, but they own the company that retains the rights to it. Yes. Um. And they've already said that the game is not going to be multi uh, is not going to be exclusive. It's gonna it's gonna stay multi platform. Um, but they also are in development of another IP. Mm-hmm. Also, over the past year. Bungie has employed a lot of people. Right. They they have done an incredibly large amount of hiring. And they're doing more. They're advertising. Yes. Within these announcements, they're advertising more positions. Yes. And now they know exactly how much they can they can spend on hiring, which is good for them. That, that means they can make more informed decisions going forward. Yeah. And it means they can make a game closer to the vision of the game that they want to make. Yeah, totally. Um, Sony has paid a premium for Bungie. Uh, Eurogamer and Gamespeed both reporting that Microsoft were in talks to acquire them. Um, Not as in like, you know, like uh, basically from what I could tell is that they were shopping themselves around a little bit for for someone to buy them. Um, And I believe... uh, Jeff Grubb was reporting that um, Microsoft were like a told a number that was smaller than this number. Interesting. Um, which I think is really strange. 
And I don't know if that's because of what they would gain off, like through Game Pass. I don't know how that stuff works. Destiny's a free-to-play game. It's it's kind of weird, but it's it's, it's free-to-play, but it's kind of not because there's less and less free-to-play content as the years go by. Um, it's 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 it, it is ve- it's a very very strange thing, especially because they have already come out and said that Destiny will become, like rather will st- will stay multi-platform, um, and that the at least like the statement says that all content from the Witch Queen at least will be on all platforms. Well, more than that. Um, so, the, I'm looking at their our shared vision post. Yeah. And it's got an FAQ there. And one of them says, will any announced seasons, events, packs, or expansions be changed or impacted by Bungie becoming part of PlayStation? The answer is yeah. no. Bungie retains full creative independence, whatever that means when you've been bought by somebody, for our yeah. games and our community. Our plans for the light and dark saga are unchanged all the way through the final shape in 2024, which is the name of their final expansion. Yeah. So what this means is everything in the future of Destiny 2 is set in stone in terms of number of players on platforms, number of platforms, amount of support. Um, you're not, you're not uh, allegedly, you're not going to see anything change really in terms of Destiny Two. Like, y- yes, I don't know how much of that is easy for them to change in ways that would still technically be close to that. Also, their their content delivery system. Or their, their 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 seasonal plans, they change a lot. Um, even when they say that they don't, like not as a like as a lying thing, but as a, like sometimes they just have to change, it, and it's the reality yeah. of what they're building occasionally. Their so like, seasonal stuff changes, but their expansion stuff normally doesn't in terms of their yearly beats. Yeah, but they're they're not good at getting information across a lot of the time, is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, they're in, very in clear ways- with this. They're very clear with this. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll wait and see. I, I I think that they actually have to rebuild a little bit of trust with with what they're doing. Um, I I don't actually think this really changes a whole lot for Destiny though. I think I th- I I do think fundamentally the game is going to exist in the same way. They're going to have someone else paying for the lights to stay on, which I think is good for them. Um, yeah, so whatever, I think it's great for them. Yeah, like whatever concerns they had is 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 going to be able to be changed at least. Um, because you know, like you said, full creative control, whatever that means. Yes, self-published, um, creatively independent, but not actually independent. <laughs> no. Like, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like how independent can you be when you when you when you just got paid three point six billion dollars? Exactly. You're um, not. Yeah. So, who knows there? Um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure this is PlayStation investing in their next IP. Yeah. Um, and there's a good chance that will want to be. They will want that to be exclusive. Yeah, that that might be what they paid for. And I mean, think about the conversations we've had in the last two weeks regarding Activision Blizzard. Right, a lot of what people have been talking about is how um, Xbox are buying up more and more studios that have a really, really solid foundation in first-person shooters, or they yep. already have those. You know, they've got. Or even just shooters in general. Like, they've got Gears, Halo, now they have Call of Duty, they have Doom with Bethesda. Like, they've got all of that stuff there. With Bungie in their stable now, they finally have a first-class, first-person shooter developer. They're, like, 
If there is anything ever said about Destiny, it's that the shooting is immaculate. That's a really weird way to say that. Yeah, it is a, you put the weirdest I, emphasis I on that I took one word. M out. Yeah. <laughs> Immaculate. Um, but the shooting at Destiny has always been a highlight. Yeah. And it's it was a highlight of the Halo games before this, and whatever game they make next, like the game feel is going to be fantastic. Bungie is so good at that. Imagine if it's like a, it's an arcade game. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a match three. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, yeah, it's a match. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mobile game with um with live service elements. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I like, you know, I I think me and a lot of people want this to be the 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 bill paid on their bring back all the old destiny stuff in a in an offline or in a limited fashion kind of way sort of thing yeah like they you know, can that, maybe justify bringing people in bringing developers in and paying them to make a stand like a standalone executable with all the old content in it yeah yeah you know the, the stuff that i paid for um <laughs> you know full price multiple times three times um you know, and you know, maybe maybe bringing across a Destiny One into a new, into a new fashion sort of way. Mm. I think that's less exciting because they're already sort of trying to do that into Destiny Two, and so then bringing Destiny One stuff into Destiny Two is a lot less interesting for them. But I, also, well, like they did that, they've done it like twice, and they're coming out with the King's something raid, or unless that's already come out, I'm not sure. Um, but like, they committed to doing that. And then within like a month or two, immediately said, "Well, this is a lot of work. We can't justify this," and immediately started walking it back. Which is what I mean by I don't really trust a lot of their content delivery statements because communication. Yeah, because they didn't suddenly realize that it's a it was a thing to get people excited about the game because it was a genuine thing to get excited about the game, and then immediately like. Go okay, all right. Hang on, like, don't get too excited. Yeah. Now that you've paid the money, um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I want them to be better at this. I want them to be a, a, a better studio for new players. Yep. I, I want them to be a better studio for the gamers they make, and also their employees. Um, you know, this is another studio which has been acquired, which has had allegations of abuse within the past five months. Yeah, one of um, the only ones that was reported to be getting better at the time of reporting, but yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an in-progress situation. Like and it was directly brought up in interviews that I saw, which is good. Yeah, like they haven't shied away from it, but it, you know, it shouldn't have happened. Exactly. Um, but also, like this is this is not a this this is. I don't really know where they fit inside of Sony, right? Because what we've seen from PlayStation in this generation has been like, hey, like they're selling a box that's that's got some really cool whiz bang features, and they are having a subscription service that's in the works that they're not talking about, but it has been reported on. And the PlayStation Now service is changing dramatically, and they're changing the way they're selling that very soon. And the PlayStation Now service feels like a relic of the PS3 era because it is. Yeah, because it's Gaikai. Oh, sorry, play, play, PlayStation Plus, sorry, is, is what I meant. Um, oh, right. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but yeah, PS Now is like also like a really strange relic um, where it seems to work for people that can access it. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's really weird. And 
they haven't announced their roadmap for the future of PlayStation. And that's because they don't do that. Like, they don't... No, they don't. Th- they they will announce it when they have something to sell you. Yeah. Not, not as a, like, here's the future of PlayStation. Yeah, well, they don't want to commit to that either, too. Like... Yeah. Do you remember the start well, of the PS4 generation where, like, they could kind of do no wrong coming off the back of Xbox One and they were they were on top for the first time in a generation having mm. flubbed the PS3 cycle and you know they were they were coming out with indies and and little little things that were critical hits and that people adored and then you know we had like 2017 E3 with Sean Layden and all of a sudden those people started leaving and like or or, or being pushed out or being right. pushed out and and Sony it was like well we're on top we're going to behave like we're on top and all of a sudden it was that like they were back to their hubris at the start of the PS3 cycle that got them into a bad situation in the first place so yeah it's really weird to know what will come out from PlayStation they don't make this purchase to do nothing with this studio they don't make this pur- this purchase to just be content to take a cut on all Destiny 2 microtransactions. Like, that's that doesn't recoup a $3.6 billion investment. Yeah. So what are they doing here? Yeah. Is like, this, like, is this them buying it so Xbox don't? And, hey, like, that's honestly, at this point, valid. Yeah. That is that is probably worth a number of billion to them because Xbox have been going nuts. Even although this isn't anywhere close to being a response to Activision being bought by Xbox because these deals take longer than that, this could have been a response to Xbox buying Bethesda because that was more than a year ago. When it, when it was announced that it was going through, right, like that, okay. that was more than a year ago. Like the, it took a number of months that, finalizing. Yeah. Apparently that was in 2020, Jeremy, when they announced that was going to happen. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? No. <laughs> no. What? You're kidding me. Are you fucking joking? Xbox announces uh, Not a Zenimax t- you, acquisition. You must be fucking with me. That wasn't last year? <laughs> so, 9th of March, 2021. Acquisition officially complete. When oh did, my god. When did they announce it, though? Uh, it was well before that. It was months. I remember. No, this is ringing bells now because I remember them saying that it was going to be completed in 2021 when they announced it, which must have been that it was being fucking. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. <sighs> That's the worst thing um, in the world. I hate posted that. Posted originally 21st of September 2020. Oh, fuck that. that hate. Was- we, sh- we shouldn't have spoken about this. We should have spoken about open world games because I don't want to have to think about... That was ages ago. That was more than 15 months ago that they announced that they were purchasing it. And then six months later, it went through. Goodness gracious me. So... That's more shocking I'm- than them buying Activision. <laughs> 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 Jeremy's coming to grips with his own mortality and the passage of time. Ah, God. <laughs> I hate it every time. So, Bungie being bought by PlayStation could be a response in some ways to Bethesda being bought by Xbox. Enough time has passed between then and now that that sits on the timeline. Yeah, maybe. I um, could, yeah, like possibly. Not not the Activision buyout, but the Bethesda Yeah, buyout. no, definitely not. But yeah, like, yeah. Um, so they, they mentioned something about how, you know, Bungie has a bunch of great property and like 
Sony are looking forward to working with it. So people are speculating that Sony want to make Bungie movies or like a Bungie, se- uh, or rather a Destiny movie or a Destiny series or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big who knows, right? Like that doesn't necessarily yeah. scream $3.6 billion to me, especially yeah, that- not Sony made movie or Sony made TV show. Yeah, that, that's the equivalent of, like, Microsoft making a Halo TV show with Paramount and them saying, oh, cool, now they can make a Call of Duty TV show with Paramount. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, like it's oh, a, great. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of steps that happens before that. Yeah. You know, like, don't get me wrong, like, they're getting into that space. They made a Ratchet and Clank movie. They, they announced <laughs> Six this, like, years ago. They announced Seven. This, like They announced this, like, Cooper movie that never came out oh, with a trailer. Well, this is a trailer and everything. Whoa. That movie disappeared. You know um, what else? You know, they're making the, the, un- the big screen. Uncharted. Yeah, Uncharted. Yeah. But they've also got the HBO Last of Us show as well. That's true. So yeah, they're, they're branching out slowly. But also, like, it's a HBO show. It's not like a Sony show. So, like, it's, you know, it, it's... it's uh, I don't know. Maybe they can finally make my dream, which was that, like, Slice of Life Destiny Guardians show that I've always wanted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like like little little uh, vignettes, like, each episode a different a different character. Yeah, but I want it like one camera style, like The Office. I want like, right. I, I want it? the cam, I want the camera to be a character inside of this. That all these guardians are like going around, and Shaq's just trying to be like really pompous with the camera and stuff, and everyone's like, no one's taking him seriously. I want that. Yep. I want that stuff. And it's like the day off. Yeah. Or, or it's like the aftermath of the big event that happens in game, but it's everyone joking about it afterwards, and yeah. you don't actually get to see the thing happen. Yeah, that would be fun. I can also honestly see them slightly going back on what they say about not not making PlayStation exclusive content um cuz i think sony would be more than happy to just cop that i think sony would be happy to cop it i don't think yeah. bungie are happy to cop that for their game because they remember how salty their community was every time there was PlayStation exclusive content for five, the first 5 years of destiny they yeah. hated it they hated yeah. it they hated it they hated it and yeah. I don't think they want to go back to that. If they're, if they're imagine if they immediately the- remove stuff. Imagine if, as of today, content was removed from the Xbox and PC versions <laughs> of Destiny Two. <laughs> oh man, that would be bad. <laughs> it's um, like Xbox turning off Warzone for PlayStation the moment they bought it. Exactly, that would be so bad for PlayStation and Bungie. That would be so bad. <laughs> what I see happening, because Destiny Two can't keep going like this, right? Not no. everyone's happy with it. I don't think the developers are happy with it. Like it's bet it's more like what they wanted it to be compared to what Activision wanted it to be, but there's compromises all over the place. Yeah. Destiny 3 is coming. Yeah. Or maybe it's, you know, the newest <laughs> Destiny platform, just the next Destiny and that just one is going call- to be built to be a 10-year platform. Call it Destiny. Like, exactly. honestly, like Destiny 2 is like a not a very good name for a video game or a product. No, or um, an ongoing platform. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, yeah, like it, just call it Destiny mm. and make it the year one or two content with a year three expansion. Just yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> just, or like... Just <laughs> as if that's a very easy thing to do. Just or do like that. Once they start Destiny 3, maybe then they can funnel everything into Destiny 2. Have that be the archived, complete, you know... Here's your complete encyclopedia book set. Put this on your bookshelf. That's yours now. Yeah. And that can be on whatever platform you want. And then New Destiny in 2026, fucking Jesus, is <laughs> that's that's PlayStation's bag. Or maybe that stays multi-platform as the as a really huge free-to-play multi-platform game. Mm. And 
the studio becomes large enough that they can spin out into two separate teams and PlayStation gets them to start working on something for them. Yeah. Um, that's really the only way I could see PlayStation wanting to do something like this. They have to get a game on their system. Yeah. They just yeah. do. That's how, that's how PlayStation operates. Self-published, yeah, creatively independent. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. Well, none of us believe it, right? No one believes we, it. Everyone's just like, yeah. for how long? What does that yeah. mean? We don't believe you. It like yeah. it it means what it means is for the next couple of years, business as usual. That's what it means. And then no one trusts anything you say after that. Destiny two PSVR two. <laughs> you can have that one for free, Jim. Walk around Shax's library, the ramen bar, with featuring Cade's skull. And <laughs> and the old tower, not on fire, and also not repaired. Maybe now they can... They can afford to get Nathan Fillion back? Is that what you're going to say? Well, I was going to say... I was going to say something similar. I was going to say... Because I because I, I mis I, I misinterpreted it and all my wires crossed in my brain for a moment. I was like, maybe next time with the, un- the next Uncharted fan film, they can cross schedule everything because it'll go through Sony to make sure that he's not busy <laughs> because Nathan Fillion was in Destiny now they can have an official Uncharted fan film with Nathan Fillion in it <laughs> <laughs> I mean they've got Nolan North on retainer now at this point surely right so they can just have him free to do anything at this point I mean what was the last thing Nolan North did for PlayStation Nolan North was he, he would have been in last, last of us I too. think he was in last of us too he would have been in Last of Us too, even as just supporting voices. Is Nolan no the blah 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 The only thing that's coming up is that that interview we did in 2015, saying I know they're doing The Last of Us two before <laughs> Uncharted four came out. Um, yeah, vamp a little bit. I'm just going to check through his. Blur. Imagine if the first change they make is remove Nolan North's voice with Troy Baker's. <laughs> <laughs> make Troy Baker the ghost of this three generation <laughs> the ghost. <laughs> they put Troy Baker in. That would in that Destiny would be so too. expensive. <laughs> but they don't pay him. They use his fucking NFT dog shit. <laughs> he walked that back today, by the way. Did you see that? Yeah, Biggest news of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, the biggest news today is actually that Wordle was acquired by the New York Times. Yeah, wow. Honestly, that is pretty big. good on that developer for making a thing people love, getting a seven-figure deal. And is that what happened? I, I believe it was seven figures. I'll double-check. That's it. amazing. But yeah, and, like, and, the low millions. And developing a fervent, genuine fan base as well. Yeah, yeah, no, like, yeah, like, like I, I want to say, I reckon he, like, he shopped it around to go, like, hey, like, this is getting a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I need help slash just take it. Oh, this is this is this is not even a joke. The, do you know who? Do you know the name of the creator of Wordle? Uh no, it's Josh Wardle. <laughs> 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 That's why it's called that. Update uh, on Wordle. Since launching Wordle, I've been all of the response from everyone I've played. It's gotten bigger than I ever imagined, which I suppose isn't that much of a feat given I made the game for an audience of one, which was his wife, bless yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, 
I've been lying if I had said this hasn't been a little overwhelming. After all, I'm just one person and it's important to me. As Wordle grows, it continues to provide a great experience to everyone. Given this, I'm incredibly pleased to announce that I've reached an agreement with the New York Times for them to take over running Wordle going forward. If you followed along with the story of Wordle, you know that New York Times games play a big part of it in its origins. So this is this step feels very natural to me. Um, uh, and then when the game moves to the New York Times site, I, it will be free to play for everyone. And I am working with them to make sure your wins and streaks will be preserved. Thank you all for playing and making Wordle an unforgettable experience. Josh. Well Bless. done, Josh. Take a bow. So another heavy hitter in the games industry, Nolan North. Uh, uncredited for anything in 2021, by the way. Really? And not credited for The Last of Us Part 2 at all. Interesting. Yeah. Is it just like Retro Replay taken that much out of him? Well, they've just rebranded that and I think they're walking that back. So it's that's becoming like a community show or something. That's kind of... Yeah, I don't is know. He, is he still in it? I don't know. <laughs> Strange. Uh, he, might, he might have been having a break. Troy isn't. Yeah, and like it's also been COVID, so you know. Yeah. yeah but yeah. he's been... Holy fuck. Oh, this is blowing my mind. So he's he was in 2020. This is the last year he's credited for anything in. Uh, Tony Stark slash Iron Man in Marvel's Avengers. Mm. Fortnite Battle Royale, Tony Stark, Iron Man. <laughs> right, okay. Dirt 5 as Bruno Durand. Yeah. And Assassin's Creed Valhalla as Desmond Miles slash The Reader. Did you know Desmond was in that game? We're going to end this podcast. I want to play it now. I want to find out. I'm not going to play it because it's 200 hours long, but I'm going to look it up. You can borrow my copy on the Xbox. I could actually do that. Oh, just like I did with with Valhalla and Origins. Odyssey and Origins. Or, oh, yeah. Odyssey and Origins. Was he in any other Brotherhood, Revelations, you, you Assassin's Creed 3? You've got you to end this podcast. Last time, he was pl- last time he played Desmond Miles was in 2013, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. You've got to end this episode. <laughs> and then we can't talk about Desmond Miles in 2022, Kerry. In Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That's very interesting. Do you think they brought him back? Do you think he's alive? I just watched my housemate leave as I yelled the words Desmond Miles 2022. Desmond Miles! And he just chuckled. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you all for listening to this one, everyone. This was a good one, Jeremy. Can't believe you brought up Desmond Miles. What are you you're asking about Nolan North? No, no, no. It was good. Yeah, it really sounds like you think it was good. It was good. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find. This episode on any podcast service of your choice, as well as every other episode of this show, if you enjoyed this one. Uh, next week, unless there's some other big acquisition, we'll be talking <laughs> yeah, about. Which there will be. We'll be talking about upcoming open world games and what that means for the industry and what we think about it. So look forward to that. If it doesn't happen next week, it'll be the week after. Um, yeah, if you want to be notified when the show goes live, you can go to Twitter. Uh, <laughs> you can follow Jeremy. Uh, at Obi Wan Jez, you can follow it, Kerry at the Desmond Defender. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say, follow Jeremy uh, to see the picture of Scrotom. Uh, That's going on the minimap account. No, please don't put that on the minimap account. Don't have a choice. Uh, the minimap account, if you're interested, is at minimapau. Uh, every week when the podcast goes live, there's a, a post on there. It gives you a little snippet of the episode as well. Uh, that's about it. I think you can also support us on Patreon if you want to support us monetarily as well. That's patreon.com slash minimapau. Um, thanks so much for a 
good episode, Jeremy. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I am going to go and play some Arceus. I'm going to go play Assassin's Creed 1. <laughs> yeah! Tell me what you think about it. I'm not going to do that. <laughs>